0: the we're going family style deal because i want a bite of your big mac and i need some of your i'll try your filet of fish there's a deal for every friend group at mcdonald's order any two classics for just six bucks price of participation may vary single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer hi i'm flo from progressive being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful it's not all sports points and touchdowns so progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment
2: And welcome to a Friday edition of the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the X-Zone TV channel on Simultv, Simultv simultv.com and in the search engine, just type in X-Zone. My guest this hour is, gentlemen, we've had the pleasure of having on the show before, Dale Kazmarek is an investigator and president of the Ghost Research Society since its founding in 1977 and the author of Windy City Ghosts, Windy City Ghosts 2, A Field Guide to Spirit Photography, Illuminating the Darkness, The Mystery of Spook Lights, Field Guide to Ghost Hunting Techniques, and Field Guide to Haunted Highways and Bridges. Um... If you'd like more information on Dale and his team, as well as the um, the Ghost Research Society, visit their website at www.ghostresearch.org. And Dale, welcome back to the X-Zone.
3: Great to be here.
2: So, uh, what is new in the world of ghosts um, and uh, the investigations that you and the other members of the Ghost Research Society have been up to?
3: Well, we had a very busy... 2019, uh, we went to quite a number of different places. Mm -hmm. We always tend to do about 25, 30 cases a year, usually during summer months. Kind of crams in a lot during just a a few months here. And uh, we went to uh, a number of interesting places this year, including one uh, one of my favorites I've been looking forward to seeing for a long time. It was called Lake Shawnee Amusement Park uh, in Ruck, uh, West Virginia. It's Mm -hmm. an old abandoned amusement park that had uh, a lot of interesting stories and uh, a lot of history about the Shawnee Indians living on the property before and uh, this uh, Mitchell Clay family who had a a very early homestead on the property and unfortunately uh, was a victim of a a partial Indian massacre at least many of his children were killed and uh, so it's thought to be haunted not only by the, the Mitchell Clay family but there are a lot of Indian remains actually found on the property uh, they were actually excavated by archaeologists uh, throughout the years. Uh, we had a chance to uh, be out there uh, pretty much the whole day, the, all, all evening long, and uh, investigated quite a number of different places. There's, uh, um, there was a, a number of untimely deaths that actually occurred in this on the property when it was actually an amusement park. There was uh, one child that uh, uh, got backed into by a truck and was oh, crushed. Uh, another one died. Uh, you know swimming pool uh, uh, accident on the property mm-hmm. and yet another one died in the lake so there's been quite a number of untimely deaths on the property and that's one of the areas that uh, we we note that uh, there, there does seem to be some connection between ghost and untimely death whenever you have that uh, the two together it's often an indicator that there could be something there and uh, uh, we spent the entire night there doing a uh, EVP sessions, uh, just uh, going out with a lot of our new equipment that we had, uh, picking up some uh, very interesting interactions. Uh, we use this device that we call a Phasma Box, which is an actually uh, it's a Windows-based unit. It's an mm-hmm. application, uh, and I know what people are going to say is an application, but we've had some remarkable results with this, actually giving out full sentences in response to questions asked. And uh, we were actually in an old. Uh, 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 school bus that was on the property that was actually part of a haunted house attraction that they do about every year for for charity. Sure. And we were in there and uh, we were just asking questions and I was there with my two friends, uh, Bob and Tim. And uh, uh, people can go to my website and actually look up Lake Shawnee on there and you can actually see where it actually says hi Tim and hi Bob. <laughs> and uh, that's that's pretty cool because you know they're pretty common names, but I mean sure. they have those two. In the bus with you and have their names called out, it felt kind of a little bit, uh, uh, you know, little hurt that they didn't call my name out too. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, my name's not a very common name, and uh, we had other things happen throughout the evening. We had some uh, uh, some different fluctuations in our equipment. It had a lot of EVPs. We had. Uh, I probably wish I would have investigated much more of it because it a pretty extensive area. It was a number of acres of property on the land that we could have explored, including uh, where the Mitchell Clay family is buried, um, an area where uh, people have actually been pushed out of a concession booth, or oh. a ticket booth where people used to buy tickets for right. one of the amusements, and people would go in there to get their pictures taken and feel hands on their back and be literally pushed out of the room, you know, flying out of the... The, the location, we didn't have a chance to unfortunately investigate all these places, but we kind of coupled that investigation with another one we did in St. Albans, uh, which was a sanatorium um, in Radford, West Virginia, and that was a pretty amazing large building we investigated again pretty much all night. So we were very busy uh, last year.
2: It sounds like it. Now, you know, uh, you were mentioning this app that you you used, and, and yes, I, I agree that there are some people who, you know, do not understand that these apps are quite effective you know no matter what the app is whether it's a business app or a photography app you know they really work so what is the name of this app that you tried you got the results that you did and how does it work
3: well it's called the phasma box and um, it's basically you can get it through extremesenses.com i get Mm -hmm. get, give my little plug there but I I've got a number of their applications. They seem to work really well. This one in particular, what it uses is it employs uh, a bit of Internet radio mixed with sound banks and a reverb and echo effect. And the idea is that the spirits are able in some way, shape, or form to manipulate what comes through the device, sometimes in response to to questions. Now, we've got some very good examples on my website. Uh, where we went to two in particular. I'll give you very quick examples of. Uh, one, we went to an, a, a, a casket factory in Elgin, Illinois. Right. And it kind of dressed it up for a kind of a walk through haunted house around uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. And they had a kind of a, a fake fuse box on the wall. Now, we were using a device called a, uh, a structured life sensor. It's one of those devices where uh, it shows something up, uh, something shows up in the... the the, the mapped out area, it'll show places as a stick figure, mm-hmm. and there was a stick figure standing next to the box. So I immediately said, "Well, if you're standing next to the box, can you touch the box, throw one of those switches?" A voice came through and it says, "It doesn't work." And I go, well, "That's really amazing because it, it wasn't just; a, it was there for effect only." Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to another place. With, we went to a cemetery in Indiana. I just had a sign. There were no graves out there. We asked a simple question, how many graves are out here? There right. was a short pause. A voice comes through very clearly and says, more than a hundred.
2: Uh, is this common where you actually have a um, a conversation with spirits and get the these answers like the stick figure who knew that the box the electric box was was just basically a prop, and when the other spirit in the school bus knew the other two names, is this common?
3: It, it's becoming more common. I, I see. I mean, throughout the years, I've been doing this since the the uh, the, the middle 1970s. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen the progression throughout the years and the decades of the paranormal equipment right. I'm getting better and better. More, more scientific, and um, much more able to capture and get uh, scientific uh, readings, and in some cases, direct responses to the questions. And many of these real-time devices that we do use now, whether it be the phasma box, or the Obelisk or the ghost boxes, or the mini portals, or uh, things of that nature, right. that give you the opportunity. Rather than in the past, where you used to simply ask a question leave some blank space, ask the question, leave some blank space, and then later play it back. Here, you can actually ask a question, and in some cases, not all the time, but in some cases, and becoming more often than not, you'll get some kind of response. Now, it may be, a, it may be kind of an off-the-wall response that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense, and I often attribute that to like a child playing with a new toy.
2: Right. They have
3: to learn how to manipulate the device before intelligent responses begin to come out. And then we might get you know a word that comes through. We might get an entire sentence that comes through. Uh, there are many examples on my website of entire sentences coming through that make perfect sense
2: to the questions we just asked. And We've got to take a break here, Dale. Uh, but ExoNation, go to Dale's website. It's a fascinating website. You'll be able to hear the the examples that we're talking about here and a lot more. Once again, Dale Kesmeric is our special guest this hour. And his website is ghostresearch.org that's www.ghostresearch.org and Dale and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Nation, My guest this hour is Dale Casmeric, and um, Dale is with the um, the Ghost Research Society, and his website is ghostresearch.org. Now, before we get back to Dale, I'd like to uh, I'd like to say hello to Larry Lawson, who is the host of Paranormal Stakeout, who is in the hospital, and I found out only earlier today when Larry sent me a, a, a message on MSN Messenger saying. Hey, buddy, sorry I've been out of touch, but I nearly became a real investigator on the other side. And uh, basically, he was telling me that he was in the hospital with something quite serious. He's back at home resting now, so Larry, get well soon, my friend. And uh, thanks for the heads up. Seems that there's a lot of strange things going on these days. Last night, I had Gloria Prima on the show, who is a scientist. She's written a book called It's All... Uh, it's all light and, uh, you know, she's trying to make the connection between science and the paranormal, one of the very few scientists, to my knowledge, that are doing this. And Dale, you and I were talking about the advances that are being made in equipment that you and other paranormal investigators are going to be, uh, that are, you're able to use right now. What is the most exciting piece of equipment that you and your teams use?
3: Well, actually, I picked up a couple of brand new pieces of equipment this year mm-hmm. that I'm very excited. I haven't had a chance yet to actually debut uh, One is actually a red laser grid. Now, that in itself doesn't sound uh, too, uh, you know, you know, sounds pretty ordinary because a lot of people have laser grids. Right. But this one has a lot of different features. Uh, first of all, it uh, it will allow you to sh- track not only what you might pick up, as far as the distance, uh, it'll tell you how close it is to the detector device. It'll also tell you the temperature of the, and, and the direction of which it's traveling, left or right, up or down, wow. you know, diagonally. And the really neat feature is it's got a little um, uh, uh, box of LED lights on the, uh, the detector, so if something goes through and breaks the beam, mm-hmm. the lights will light up and show the configuration of what just went through. Wow. So if it if it shows up like a figure mm-hmm. or an animal or something else, it'll actually show it up, and you can you can actually videotape it, record it. Um, that is a really neat uh, feature. It's called a GS2 laser grid that I just got a hold of. Uh, not very expensive. Uh, I think it was. Uh, uh, But uh, that's very exciting. Um, Another one I'm very interested in uh, using this year as well is a a thermal tablet, um, which works much like a flare system, Mm -hmm. forward looking infrared. Right. Uh, Except this is on a tablet. It uses what's called a SEEK device to pick up the uh, the differences in temperature and so forth. Uh, So I'm looking to use that a lot. Uh, Not so much to pick up uh, cold spots, because you really can't detect cold spots with that unless the cold spot or the the entity or whatever has some mass Mm -hmm. that the device can then reflect off and send a signal back to it. I also picked up a, um, a, a pair of infrared binoculars, but these are a little bit different from the ones I've had in the past. They illuminate about 300 feet away and they give you the opportunity to actually take pictures and videotape what you're seeing at the same time, which is then loaded onto a little SD card, which you, you can then pull out and put on your laptop for a later examination, which, uh, that's a very, uh, interesting feature. So a lot, lot of neat things coming out, uh, uh, almost every year, um, I find something that some, uh, I call them geniuses that's mm-hmm. out there in the paranormal field they' are building, uh, just basically for the strict, uh, express uh, uh, way of uh, examining ghosts. I mean, that's the only purpose they have for them. Um, Unlike when I first started out, uh, many of the devices, you had to kind of adapt for other purposes, you know, like K2 meters and cell sensors and other devices that really were made for not picking up ghosts, but just picking up energies. Now everybody seems to be out there a lot of people, especially in the paranormal field, building devices specifically designed for ghost research and ghost detection, which I think is uh, very refreshing.
2: For the in, for the listening audience who may not have had the opportunity of hearing you on the show before, how did you get started in the paranormal?
3: Well, I got started way back probably as a child. My mm-hmm. parents and grandparents telling me ghost stories as a youngster, um, I never had a, a paranormal experience as I was growing up. in fact I had a very uneventful childhood. Um, uh, but later on in life, you know after my parents and grandparents told me these stories, in fact many of them uh, right in my neighborhood in, in or around the Chicagoland area, I later began to go out and to explore some of these locations to find out if the stories I had heard were real mm-hmm. were they you know urban legends? old wives' tales, fabrications, you know, folklore. And that's what really got me started in the field. And, of course, starting out in the 1970s is just like starting out back even a century earlier, except for some of the features. You don't have a lot of equipment. I mean, my basic ghost hunting arsenal was a cassette tape recorder, a 35-millimeter camera, and my EMF detector was a compass Hmm. Uh, because a company should point to true magnetic north unless it comes in contact with a strong magnetic field. So I was very limited in what I could do. I was shooting a lot of infrared film, which uh, uh, I have a lot of good examples on my website of of images that I had captured back in the late 70s with infrared film, things that were not visible to the naked eye that later showed up on the film. Pretty amazing. And uh, it's very hard to find that type of film many people nowadays use digital so they're kind of getting away from that film right, yeah. but uh, i just uh got interested uh involved with a bunch of like-minded people back in the 1970s we founded what was then called the ghost trackers club and i worked as five years as a research assistant until until, until 1982 uh we uh, changed the name to ghost research society and i became um, the lead investigator of the group and just from there, it just kind of blossomed. I uh, began writing books, traveling across the country, and doing investigations. And now that's pretty much uh, what I do full time since uh, at least nine, uh, 2009 when I retired. So, uh, retired a little bit early, 56. So, uh, for the past uh, uh, more than 10 years, I've just been doing this kind of full time, which is really nice. I can travel all over the country, do investigations, and talk to a lot of people, do a lot of private homes, private businesses.
2: Yeah. Is there a difference in the frequency or are you noticing a difference in the frequency in which the contact is being made by ghosts or spirits with investigators? Is it like they want to be identified? They want to make contact?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, we've noticed this, uh, in places, uh, that are, Many times we're the first investigators, and that's mm-hmm. what it's always unique, being the first investigators into a location. And there's been a number of places we've been to that nobody else has been to. And uh, going into places like that, there may have been ghosts, you know, hanging around for, uh, you know, centuries or decades or at least many years, and you are the first people to go in there to maybe uh, uh, communicate with them And they're very willing to talk about themselves, Uh, sometimes give up information about names, maybe. Uh, We don't normally get into how he died, because, again, that's a uh, kind of an area that uh, if if you believe that ghosts are around because of an untimely death, they Mm -hmm. may not actually realize that they have passed on. So we just try to hold the conversation with the Spirit, just like me and you are talking on the phone, and... If that doesn't work, then we try to do, like, role-playing. If we're in a hospital, an old hospital, we might be dressed up in doctor's uniforms and maybe trying to operate on patients or just make-believe operations. Sure. It is. Or, you know, if we're in a Civil War location, we might be have Civil War trigger objects or things of that nature. And these are the ways that it can better your chances of getting something because you're interacting with ghosts uh, and objects that they recognize from their time frame. Uh, Civil War bullets, uh, mm-hmm. money from that period, even uh, playing what I call trigger music, you know, music from that time period. Say if you're in the Roaring Twenties in Chicago, you might be playing something uh, from the Roaring Twenties or during right. the Big Band era. You might be mm-hmm. playing something from Tommy Dorsey.
2: Sure. Well, it makes a lot of sense.
3: It sure does. And yeah. I think a lot of these spirits they, they kind of... Uh, they, they recognize that, and they're more willing to kind of open up about themselves and get information about themselves out. And Sometimes we'll get nothing. Sometimes we'll get a lot. It really varies from place to place and where we're at. But uh, um, this year I know we're going to be, uh, again, as usual, very, very busy going to places. One of our uh, places we're going to be going back to again this year is uh, Gettysburg. Uh, the site of the Civil War battle right. in
2: 1863. Yep. We've had a lot of success out there in the past. Do you, I've got to take my commercial break. I'm really enjoying our conversation, Dale, so please stand by. And Exonation. if you'd like more information about Dale Kaczmarek, and if you'd like to visit the website of the Ghost Research Society, the website is ghostresearch.org. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the exone and we have to take our news break right now, but If you'd like to uh, check out the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net, the Exxon TV channel on Simultv on the search engine at simultv.com. Just type in Exxon and all our programming is there. You can even, I think they they even put up little clips now of the different shows we have up there. And of course, the X Chronicles newspaper is always free with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. I'll be back on the other side of this news break as we continue from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada.
0: Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive.
2: Dale Casimir is our special guest this hour, Exo Nation. He is with the Ghost Research Society, and their website is ghostresearch.org. Uh, Dale, what do you think about these people who go in and they actually seem to taunt or to challenge the ghosts? Um, why do uh, they do that?
3: You might call them call it provoking. Actually, that's what we like to okay. use the term. Um, we have never provoked. In fact, uh, I think it's in some cases uh, very disrespectful uh, mm-hmm. to go into a location and to uh, provoke uh, a spirit that might be there. Um, we get a lot of our evidence without even having to do that. So um, I know some of these TV shows on TV do that. Um, there's There are a couple, I won't mention their names, that are very... They're very, very uh, known for provoking. They seem to get some results, but again, it's a TV program, so you're really not sure. That they're like reality TV shows, I like to call them, uh, not truly what the uh, the the field's all about. Right. But I think that uh, when you go out to a location, you should be very respectful of spirits that might be there. Again, like we do, try to just talk with them, like me and you are talking. Mm-hmm. Try to get information about why they're there. Um, Maybe they don't realize that they have passed on. Um, just generally to con- converse. My my real purpose of going out to these locations is, is to try to gather evidence. Uh, obviously, I like to have a, an experience myself. I mean, a lot of people would probably run if they had an experience, like something tapping them on the shoulder or something appearing in front of them. But these are the kind of things I live for is going to places to literally see, experience, uh, and bring back evidence that I can say, uh, through what we've collected as far as video audio pictures or uh, just personal encounters uh, at locations and right. uh, we all, I try to share those on my uh, my webpage and also my YouTube page I have a Facebook page as well that people can go to the Ghost Research Society on YouTube um, They can also find me on you uh, excuse me on Facebook and on YouTube uh, so uh, I think that you know again, getting back to provoking, it's just something that we just don't do. Uh, We get plenty of evidence without having to provoke, and I think we get a lot better evidence. I think sometimes if you provoke and you're disrespectful and then you get a kind of a negative response back, well, then you've kind of asked for it pretty much. Uh, The spirits are maybe not so happy that you're doing that, and they might kind of lash out in one way, shape, or form.
2: Is there a connection between... uh, the type of investigation that you do, I've, I've always thought you're a very credible person and you're very logical. And, and I love the way that you and your group go out and the respect that you show is amazing because I've had guests on this show and I'm not going to mention their name, but everything <laughs> about them is demonic. You yeah. know, it, it is, that's is this something showmanship. that I've
3: noticed too, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame because, uh, I see so many of these TV shows, I'm, again, I'm not going to mention the names, yep. but they're on various, mostly on the Travel Channel here in the States. I've been on the Travel Channel several times myself, but, you know, when, when I first started out, I mean, it was looking for, you know, the possibility that was left after that, and that was my big reason for getting involved and also trying to prove uh, one way, shape, or form that ghosts exist or don't exist. And you don't always have to go after something that's very negative. A lot of these TV shows, when they first started out, they were just—they were literally just you know, investigating what I would call, you know, ordinary ghosts or like a Casper type yeah. ghost, you know, a friendly spirit, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a you know, disembodied spirit of a once-living person like you or I that's for some reason hanging around a location. But I guess for some reason, that wasn't enough for the TV sponsors. They wanted something more sensational, and this is what I truly believe. They want something like the amenable Horror, like blood coming out of the walls, people being literally chased out of their homes, people possessed, people being scratched, being attacked, their hair pulled, pushed down the stairs. Um, This happens so rarely. In fact, it's less than 2% of the cases that are normally investigated, I'm not course, if you put these TV shows together, it's probably about 80% or 85% of what they show Mm -hmm. is negativity and um, uh, demonic stuff. I always believe that like attracts like. If you're going out looking for something like that, you're going to find it. Uh, We screen our cases very, very carefully. When I talk to somebody, whether it be a a stranger, a person who's got a business, a home, Mm -hmm. uh, or or, uh, a big venue that's haunted... You know, I let them tell their, their story in their own words, but then I ask certain questions and kind of rule out what I believe to be, you know, or at least kind of get an idea what's going on. And if I believe that there's something negative, demonic, which very, very rarely happens, uh, I would then suggest that they go to get somebody with more seasoned in demonology or maybe go to the clergy and have the clergy step in. It's something that, obviously, if I know something that's very negative that I've interviewed, Mm -hmm. why in the heck would I want to go jump in with both feet
2: to a
3: place that's very negative? I mean, it's just not what I'd want to do. And I think these shows, that's what people want to see. You wouldn't believe how many times I get uh, people, uh, TV shows, producers, uh, writing me, uh, texting me, emailing me, or whatever, and saying, uh, we got this new show, but this is what we want. We want people being driven out of their homes, being people being attacked, being being uh, possessed. I said, well, I'm sorry, you got the wrong person. I just don't come across that kind of phenomenon.
2: You know, I, re- I remember years ago, like, this is our 30th year doing this show, and when the show first started, like you said, it was kind of Casper the Friendly Ghost. But then, as the movies came out, And the mass media was able to get a taste of the excitement. And I agree with you. Reality TV is anything but reality. It's, (laughs) you know, it's television, like any other media, is geared towards numbers. Now, I would rather try and get the best numbers I can by giving an honest and two sided interview without the sensationalistic uh, props and the. The uh, made-up stories, just, just for numbers, but
3: well, that's why that's why a lot of these, these shows that, that came out that I that I was on mm-hmm. uh, decades ago, like sightings, yeah. yeah. unsolved mysteries, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things of of that nature. When I was on those shows, and I was on those shows multiple times, uh, even one TV show from uh, NBC called The Other Side, which is a daily paranormal show. I was on that three times. we went to locations that were haunted, and what they were more interested in seeing was how I go about an investigation, showing how I set up equipment, so forth and so on. And if we got something paranormal, well, that was an extra. That was the icing on top of the cake. Uh, Now these TV shows, they expect you to have something paranormal. And in my my opinion, I, I think a lot of these shows, they make you fake stuff if you don't get stuff through a normal investigation, which is really sad because I won't be on a show that asks me to fake, investiga- uh, fake evidence because it leads out uh, to um, my credibility Yes, that's you right. know, and my reliability as being a straightforward uh, investigator.
2: As well as the YouTube channels that are out there. I've seen some of the YouTube channels where I'm looking and I'm saying, you've got to be kidding. Are you on crack? <laughs> I guess like, and, yeah. and yet there are people who are getting into the, the aspect of the paranormal, who go to YouTube and they see all these out-of-this-world paranormal investigations going on, and, and they believe it.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's buyer beware, that's what I always yeah. say. When, if, if something looks too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. Uh, they have a show on television now called Paranormal uh, uh, Caught on Camera, and I've seen a lot of these things where they they show all this stuff flying, doors opening, uh, cabinets being lifted up, right. and silverware being thrown away. I'm going, huh? I mean, wow. I mean, somebody's got a lot of strings they're pulling and a lot of special effects. Because huh. for that to happen like that, all in a span of a few minutes, it's it's asking too much to believe, literally. And I, I've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in a poltergeist case like that. But to see that much poltergeist phenomena, I mean, it's just unreal. It's just too much to believe.
2: But it is sensationalistic, isn't it?
3: It sure is. And that's what people want to see. Yeah. It's sensational. They want to see stuff that is, is almost too good to believe uh, because they figure, and this, this is where the main thing comes in, they see it on TV. So because it's on TV, well, it's got to be real.
2: Of course. Of course. Dale, you and I have to take our final break. Um, Let our listeners know how they can get copies of your books, because you've got some great books there.
3: They can get to me on on various ways. They can contact me uh, at my uh, uh, regular email, which is simply dale, D-A-L-E, at ghostresearch.org. They can go to my website, ghostresearch.org. Or they can uh, uh, check me on... uh, uh, Facebook. I have a Facebook page and a Facebook page for my Ghost Research Society, and all the books are listed there and on the website.
2: All right, Dale, stand by. You and I have to take our final break, and when we come back, we're going to be wrapping up this hour here in the X Zone with our special guest, Dale Casmeric, from the Ghost Research Society. And once again, his website is. You ready for this? You got your pencils and paper? Uh huh. Ghostresearch.org. Hmm, dare to believe, dare to be heard Monday through Friday here in the Exxon from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern and for all the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network visit www.xzbn.net and the Exxon TV channel on simultv.com Dale Kismaric is our special guest. He is with the Ghost Research Society, and their website is ghostresearch.org. First of all, Dale, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great hour here with you, hearing about the advances in, in paranormal technology, as well as some of the cases that you've worked on. But I, but when it comes to um, Gettysburg, that to me seems to be the mecca of the paranormal in the United States. Why do the ghosts remain there?
3: Well, again, getting back to that idea of untimely death, just mm-hmm. think of what happened during the, the uh, war between the states. Yeah. Uh, you had literally people standing up uh, 30, 40, maybe 100 yards from one another just standing up and shooting at each other wow. and going down in big rows of uh, uh, you know, when cannonballs hit it, or uh, uh, shrapnel and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the poor sanitary conditions, amputations, gangrene, dying, uh, being left on the battlefield, uh, just all of that put together um, literally is a feeding ground for ghosts. I mean, I I have literally traveled through, uh, almost hate to brag, but almost every major battle of the Civil War, uh, especially east of the Mississippi, uh, and I've I've come across quite a number. I've investigated several places, including Gettysburg, mm-hmm. Antietam, uh, uh, Fredericksburg, and a few others. At night, was able to get out there after uh, after hours. But Gettysburg is one place that always seems to draw me back because of gee, the amount of people that were there. You had uh, you know eighty eighty thousand people on the on the Union side, seventy five thousand on the. Uh, uh, the Confederate side, and that town only held about two, 3,000 people. So you can imagine how oh many... God. You get 155,000 people suddenly there fighting and uh, horses dying and people right. just being left on the battlefield. It's, it, you, it's, I think the spirits that are on there, again, that may, mm-hmm. many of them maybe don't even realize that have passed on, they have a story to tell. I mean, you hear cannon fire. You hear musket fire. I've actually seen horses just tis- visual apparitions at night of horses walking along the trail and they don't take horses out at night i've smelled cherry pipe tobacco i've seen strange lights i've seen um i've had experiences through evps out there and disembodied voices so these places are great um you know it's one of my favorite places to investigate uh, our Civil War battlefields, and we're going to be going to a couple of them, including Stones River, which is down in in uh, uh, Middle Tennessee. I'm going to be meeting with a police officer that actually had an encounter out there, and hopefully try to recreate what he had, and maybe even be able to videotape at this time. So, um, always tell my li- to people that are out there listening. Uh, that's an easy uh, gimme if you want to have a good chance of maybe picking up something. Go to a Civil War battlefield or Revolutionary War battlefield or someplace like that where there's been great loss of life.
2: Apparently, the asylums and hospitals are also a hotbed of, of activity.
3: Absolutely. Hospitals, prisons, yeah. uh, sanitariums, uh, places like that where um, uh, you know there have been either violence perpetrated on other people, by other patients, or in some cases in prisons where people have died or have been killed by, other, by their other inmates. Um, you know, hospitals, obviously, another great place because of people that die in hospitals all the time. But, I mean, mostly the trauma, people that come in, they're gunshot victims. They're, um, you know, they have some untimely way of, of leaving this earth. Maybe it wasn't, you know, it was an accident, mm-hmm. perhaps. Maybe it what they weren't supposed to leave the earth when they did. And those are the ones, again, that sometimes are just kind of like in a self-made purgatory. They're between two worlds, and there's waiting for people to kind of seek them out Muhammad. communicate with them, and that's what we've been doing for uh, many years now.
2: Well, while you were talking, a question came to mind. If these spirits are staying behind, what does this do to the concept of reincarnation that some people believe in?
3: Well, um, I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, reincarnation again is just you know you know basically reincarnating, just going in from right. one body to, to another body, to another life, to and people that have had past life experiences or have had been regressed actually tell about their previous life experiences, not their future life experiences, right. but their previous life experiences. And uh, yeah, I think ghosts are a little bit different. I mean, um, I think. In my, I've read a couple of books on on, on uh, reincarnation, including one by my good friend Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who just passed uh, uh, just recently. Yeah, um, and it seems like what I've read is those people that reincarnate they reincarnate by just dying a natural death. At least the ones I've read about. It's not so much the untimely people, right. uh, the untimely okay. death. So maybe that's where that uh, that mix comes into play.
2: Got about five minutes left. What? has been your most favorite out of all the years that you've been doing paranormal investigations. Your most favorite paranormal investigation.
3: Well, that's asking for a lot, isn't it? <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> um, I would say probably one of the ones I really enjoy doing, and I've been there about three times, is Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Weston, West Virginia, a 256,000-square-foot building. Um, we actually, I actually had some... Uh, Direct communication and an experience where a ghost actually touched me, which nice. not happens that often. Uh, we were in an isolation ward. There was a female uh, patient named Ruth who did not like male patients. I was investigating that location with three female um, investigators, uh, which is very important to note. I was the only male investigator there. Uh, suddenly, my hand felt like it went to sleep. My hair stood up on end, goosebumps all over. The other three females felt nothing. No recordings, nothing on the temperature gauges, and then something literally grabbed my butt cheek. Wow. (laughs) A cold hand, and you can actually see it on the the link that I have on my site. Uh, I spun around. uh, I was a little shocked at first, but I I just kind of said, bring it on, (laughs) because I wanted to experience it again. And again, those females felt nothing. We were doing an EVP session. I asked, do you want us to leave? Or do you want me to leave? One word came through you, which made sense because I was in an area where she did not like male patients, male visitors, doctors, orderlies, whatever. Uh, So I think that is a location that literally I heard at least and recorded nine disembodied screams during the first time I was there, which you can hear about eight of them on my website that the the more louder ones that were very audible as we walk through
2: and that's a www.ghostresearch.org how can a ghost that is basically invisible touch you
3: well i think it's the energy okay that the ghost is is exerting um you know, basically, when a ghost is manifesting in an area, it leaves behind a cold spot, a wake of coldness in the air. They use the heat to manifest, we believe, the heat being energy, molecules moving together, creating friction, creating heat. And that's what they use. They use the energies from our bodies, from our from our batteries, to also manifest. And sometimes what we're, we're experiencing is actually the energy, the physical energy given off by these spirits, that come in the form of a touch on the shoulder, a brush on the hair, a grab on the butt cheek, or something like that. I think that's what we're really
2: experiencing, is that energy. If one of our listeners tonight would like to become a paranormal investigator, what should they do? What are the do's and what are the don'ts?
3: The the big thing is to, I would always suggest somebody finding a a research organization or somebody who's been doing it for some period of time, not an expert, I I don't think there's any experts in the field, but people that have more whiskers, so to speak, and join that organization, kind of go along with them for a while and experience what you can experience, learn from them before you go off on your own. I think a lot of people make the mistake of trying to create their own group, uh, never having investigated before, they make a lot of mistakes, watch too many TV shows, and again, too many, many uh, bad habits as a ghost investigator. Join a group that's well-established, and I think you can never go wrong.
2: Do you give courses as well, uh, Dale?
3: I sure do. I, I do do courses on uh, ghost hunting techniques. I do. Mm-hmm. I have one on spirit photography, one on uh, uh, EDP Uh, We're going to be putting some of those actually up on my site sometime this year. I'm actually recording a bunch of YouTube videos and how-to videos that people can actually uh, look at, which is kind of a smaller cram course, but then, if they're more interested, they can always uh, uh, check me out when I'm doing a conference or doing a workshop in the area, and I always put that
2: information up on my website. You know, the time has come when you and I must say so long. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And let our listeners know one more time how they can contact you and find out all about your uh, organization.
3: Sure. They can get me on my website at www.ghostresearch.org at ghostresearch.org or they can get me on my uh, email at simplydale, D-A-L-E at ghostresearch.org or check me out on Facebook.
2: Dale, thank you so much for joining us. Take care of yourself. Continued success. And let us know if you come across anything startling, interesting, or out of this world. We'd love to hear from you. I sure will. Thanks for having me, Rob. Take care, pal. Exonation, And once again, if you'd like to get more information on our guest this hour, Dale Kaczmarek, www.ghostresearch.org. Now, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we, can, as we continue right here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
1: Progressive presents Forest Metaphors, about bundling your home and auto.